You're listening to Japan Baseball Weekly. News, interviews, analysis, and hot takes about all 12 NPB teams. Hosted by Jim Allen and John E. Gibson. Hi, and welcome to the Japan Baseball Weekly Podcast. It's for the week of July 18th. I'm John Gibson, and with me on a Sunday night is my buddy, my partner, Jim Allen. What's happening, man? Oh, man, way too much. <laughs> I want to I want to put a stop. I, I just want to say Sundays, calm the heck down. <laughs> <laughs> For you and me both, I think that would be, you know, it's like, you know, they say about athletes, you know, being able to slow things down. Uh-huh. I, I want us to be able to say, hold on a second, world, stop. We're going to stop. Gonna, we're yes. going to just take this slow for a bit and just uh, give us time and do things, do everything in a nice orderly fashion instead of all at once, one day a week. And rushing around. And yeah, yeah, it's, the life in the fast lane ain't all it's cracked up to be. Let's uh, let's park. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> let's park for a while. Yeah, I'm talking about slow down, man. Let's just stop the car, take a nap, <laughs> have some grub, <laughs> have something to drink, get a shake. Sit back and just relax because there just isn't much time to do that very much. So, uh, yeah, I know, I, I know, I know what you're talking about, man. And Sundays are the worst, <laughs> but it's always fun to sit down with you each week and talk about baseball. It is indeed, and we got a uh, a favorite special guest uh, this week. We do on this week's show. We've got a chat with former, <laughs> let's just say Braves <laughs> and yep. Blue Wave star Greg Boomer Wells, and we're going to look at some of Jim's numbers that he has looked up. We're going to discuss the standings and handle some high heat. So let's start swinging. Clearing the bases. All right, so may I take a few moments to say something about Shohei Otani? And I know all the time we always just let our MPB guys go to major, the major leagues and we don't say anything or we don't say that much about them. Or we know, I know we had Bobby Valentine on earlier in the season, but I just want to take a few moments and say never in my wildest, wildest dreams that I ever imagined Shohei Otani would be doing anything like this in the majors. And, I, you know, I was happy that he was able to to – have the opportunity to be a two-way player. I thought that was fantastic. I always said, let him try, let him try. And it led to an MVP season in the major leagues last year. He's better than he ever was in NPB. And obviously. And, you know, it just seems like he was dropped down from the heavens. Maybe maybe some from someplace beyond the heavens, mm-hmm. uh, from the planet diamond dust or something (laughs) just to thrill us with all the baseball skills of many of the greatest pitchers and hitters both you know and of all time i mean i've never he's a gift he's the only reason to really sit down and watch the skanky angels who pretty much are garbage and i don't want to watch them but i don't want to miss what otani does with the bat and i certainly don't want to miss what he does on the mound, so I'm just I'm just thrilled to to be able to see him on TV whenever he's playing, and that's all I wanted to say about the show. <laughs> yeah, it's quite remarkable, and in fact, uh, a little a little aside. That's it's is it's it's good that you mentioned it because I was wondering how to broach it. Now, when I spoke to uh, Boomer from his home in Georgia, I think on Wednesday, uh, Thursday, excuse me, on Thursday. And was uh, 
Wednesday night in, in Georgia. And we began talking for a while and, and okay, and I'm gonna, and then uh, I realized, oh, I haven't started recording yet. <laughs> Oh, no, you and the record button. Did I hit and, it, by the way? Yes, I did. <laughs> and so part of the conversation that get left out was he was saying, you know, I wanted to really ask him about the time he was in Japan and, and how, you know, his impressions of how Japanese baseball has changed. And he says, you know, the one thing I watch in MLB, he says, is Shohei Otani. <laughs> And the reason he said that was because the uh, he'll watch guys hitting into the shift and making outs into the shift, and then he'll watch Otani go the other way, or you know he'll he's bunted against. He's, I think he had a bunt double against the shift, and he'll you know he'll th- put one if they, you pitch him away. If you pitch Otani away in in the shift, of course, there's always the possibility that he'll hit it over the left field wall, but. <laughs> That's true but, too. but he's also, you know, willing, willing to, you know, just hit, you know, drop that puppy over third base where there's nobody playing. So, you know, he said that's he said that's really baseball hitting. And what a, he 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 was, uh, of course, he's not Boomer's not a fan of analytics, and he would he would like to see that all go, you know, back to the day. And he's he's very he's sad by the. You know, the guy is saying by shifting and hitting into the shift and just, you know, going against the grain and not learning and improvising, he said, because that shouldn't fool a real hitter. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, uh, hopefully one day we'll, we'll get him back on the show and we'll talk about that stuff. But I just wanted to say that. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and uh, set it well, up here. Uh, as, as we as we got to talking, he told a couple of stories. And then once and then so at the beginning, I'm laughing in the intro because not only did, did, I, did I forget to push the record button, but uh, I, I had a senior moment. In fact, I had a senior moment that lasted about 12 hours and I got the time wrong. <laughs> I said his morning and I called him in my morning. And, you know, this is something I usually don't mess up, but I did this time and he's going, well, you kind of ruined my whole day. And he was, you know, he was being, but let's do it. Let's do it. And so <laughs> you can, and he, and I ruined his whole day because he had, he said he'd been looking forward so much to being on our show. So, I mean, what can you say about that other than uh, welcome to Boomer Wells? Now, he's going to mention a few names, the last names of players. And I, I just want to tell you who they were before he, uh, he we start. And the first sure. one he references uh, when he's talking about the, the bat his, uh, his baseball playing father used, it was, uh, he said it was like shaped like the one that. Uh, Hunky Braves Hall of Fame center fielder Yutaka Fukumoto swung, mm-hmm. it would have been smaller because Fukumoto wasn't a big guy. And then another another one where he's talking about base running, he would say that you know he said Matsunaga would would get a hit through the right field, and he's talking about um, Hunky third baseman Hiromi Matsunaga was just a tremendous player. Mm-hmm. And then the last part he's talking about uh, Hunky batting coach now. That conversation talks about what happened in the 1984 season, which was Boomer's second season in Japan. He played from 1983 to 1992. He said in 1984 he was uh, 
he had this conversation with the batting coach and uh, that's Tyra Sumitomo he's talking about and we'll hear that one and and that was an on that was kind of an encore boomer told me that story a few years ago and I I was I was about to cue him up for it and he just went straight into it so um that's kind of that's kind of weird but it was hey boomer that that's my job I'm supposed to be reading Jim's mind I know (laughs) well you do it and then we get it wrong Well, that's not your mind I was reading, though, but we'll go ahead that's and true. skip over that. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So, it's uh, so, okay. Boomer, uh, take it away. Okay. Our guest this week on the Japan Baseball Weekly Podcast is the most gracious elder statesman. Okay. I'm going to scratch elder statesman because I'm in no position to call anybody elder. Uh, Boomer Wells. It's nice to be with you guys again. It's always a pleasure, and uh, this is this is like uh, this is my comedy of errors day. But Boomer's like Mister Gracious, and we were talking about growing up in in Mobile, Alabama, where where Boomer was is from, and tell 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 the story about about growing up and seeing these kids, you know, who who were the, the major league players you got to interact with? It was really rare. Well, yeah, we'd go to, a, they'd have a, a clinic where they're teaching the young young kids and stuff, mm-hmm. baseball and, you know, and stuff like that. So we show up and we show up for the clinic. My dad would take us to the clinic and we show up and you'd have Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Willie McCovey, uh, Tommy Agee, Cleon Jones, wow. uh, Amos Otis, uh, Satchel Page, uh, who yeah. else? Tommy Aaron. Uh, who else was it? It was a few more. I just can't remember right now, but it was a few more. And it was just like, it was an all it was an all star major league cast. Wow. And all these guys were from either Mobile, mm-hmm. Montgomery or Birmingham. Right. They were all from Alabama, so they all at home and they you know, they all played against each other with friends and stuff, so they were all meeting up together doing these clinics and we would show up and your eyes be by by big as a baseball <laughs> all these guys are your heroes that you watch all the time on TV so you make sure you listen to what they're saying mm. and what I was telling you is that uh, I learned my my footwork around first base from Tommy Aaron because he played first and he was showing me how you shift your shift your feet when the ball is to the left and the ball is to the right mm. and stuff like that so I learned that from him, but uh, it was it was great fun. It was awesome fun. It would make so bad. <laughs> it was such a back then we didn't think about getting autographs or whatever. We just I I didn't get not one autograph out of that whole thing. I just was enjoying because we. Whenever they gave a clinic, we were always down there. So they would give a clinic, you know, at hmm. every year or every other year, whatever. Wow. And, you know, we'd be there and it just got to be, it was just one of those things back then. Hmm. And I always, I, I still tell people that. 
I tell people that I don't know whether I always wanted to be a professional baseball player. Mm-hmm. My cousin always, when I'd go home after I'd become a professional baseball player, and I would go home and stuff, and my cousin would be home from from uh, uh, from driving his truck or whatever. And he'd be sitting in, the, in 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 our house talking to my mom, and I'd walk in and stuff, and I sit down and start talking to him, and he'd look at me and he start laughing. I go, "What you laughing at?" He go, "Ever since I can remember you as a little boy, because he was older than us, mm-hmm. you know. Ever since I can remember you as a little boy, the one thing you always said, I'm gonna grow up and be a professional baseball player. Wow. So you didn't say anything else about anything." Any other job or whatever you you always said you're gonna be a professional baseball player. And he said, Look at you now. I said, Well, it was hard work. It was harder than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> like that he started laughing. But uh, you know, it's just we didn't think I tell people now, I say, out of all those people that I met and knew and whatever I go. I never got. I never got autographs. Mm. I never did. Never thought about autographs. Mm. I don't know whether subconsciously it was that I was thinking I'm gonna be where you are one day, so <laughs> I'm gonna be famous. So I don't need your autograph because you're famous now. But I'm gonna be famous in the future. I don't know what it was, but I never got any autographs. I think the only the only baseball player that I have an autograph from that I re- that I asked for an autograph is Sadahato. <laughs> I got one too. <laughs> we uh we took a picture together in spring training. Okay. And uh, he had visited, you know, he had visited spring training. And we took a picture, and I got to be close with him too. Mm. And we had uh. We took a picture together. I got one of the the, the uh, cameramen to, to take a picture of us, and it was it was the greatest thing. I think the next day or the day after, the cameraman brought the photo and he brought it. It was poster size. Oh my goodness! He had blown it up and everything, and he brought it and and gave it to me and. And Osan was still there, okay. and I asked him to sign it for me. And I got that 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 picture on my wall in my basement right now. Wow. Yeah, actually, he might be the only autograph I have. <laughs> and actually, just, it's for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that if if I got to have one autograph, that's that's got to be one of the greatest autographs that I could get. That's amazing. Now you were. Uh, you were talking. I know your your dad played baseball, and and you were talking about him being like your your baseball role model in many ways. Exactly. Uh, he was the. You know, people would ask me. People would ask ask me. Uh, you know, some reporters or whatever would come up to me and they say, "You're good hitter. Like, who's the best hitter you've ever seen?" And I know they would be expecting me to say one of the, you know, some of the major league players or whatever. And I would always say, the best hitter that I've ever seen? They go, yeah. 
He said, the best thing that I've ever seen was my dad. Mm. And I go, what? I go, my dad was the best thing that I've ever seen. I said, I can't remember him striking out. And I can't remember him ever hitting a single. <laughs> yes, I, I do remember him striking out one time. And it's the funniest thing. A pitcher struck him out one day. And it was in the middle of the game. I think it was like about the fifth inning. A pitcher struck him out. And I think it was like one out or two outs. No, it was one out. It was one out. A pitcher struck him out. He took off his glove and walked off the field. And everybody go, where are you going? And he said, I struck Mr. Wells out. I am through. <laughs> oh. That's all I want, ever wanted to do. I'm, I, I'm through. Say, so put somebody else in. I'm through. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and he walked up and he shook my dad's hand. My dad was laughing. He shook my dad's hand. He go, boy, stop playing like that and going back out. He go, no, I'm through. <laughs> I did what I wanted to do. I've always wanted to do that. I've done it up to. And I don't ever remember seeing him play, play again. <laughs> and I don't ever remember seeing him pitch again. But like I was telling you earlier, uh, uh, there's other pitchers that I knew. My dad came to the plate with the bases loaded, mm. and he and he intentionally walked him and walked in a run. And I asked him, "Why did you do that?" Like that, he told me that he would rather give up one run than to give up four, like that. And I just, I just thought that was the greatest respect. Wow. And and it was, you know. I, my dad was probably about six two, maybe mm -hmm. six one, six two, weighed about two fifty. Ex Marine, strong. He swung a. I don't know if you know anything about bats. I know I can't He's, hit nothing with him. He swung a Nelly Fox. A, 36 wow. in, 36 ounce. Now, a Nelly Fox uh, is like a club. I mean, it's just got the big handle. All it's sort of like. I'll give you an example. You you know the kind of bat uh, Fukumoto used to used to swing. Sure. Now imagine that being 36 inches and 36 ounces. Wow. It was sort of like that, that big helm all the way down with the big head. Mm -hmm. It was like a Fred Flintstone club or something. But that's <laughs> what he swung. And he swung it like a toothpick. So, <laughs> you know, it was it was awesome because I used to go, how do you hit with this? He go, this is, man, this is a great bet. I go, there's no way. <laughs> I go, the helm. I, can't, I don't even like the handle. He just used to laugh. And, yeah, you got to be you, you got to be right to, to hit with this. I, <laughs> nah. But uh, you know, we just love baseball. I grew up loving baseball. I grew up watching guys hit. Mm. That's the one thing that I've always done to this day. Mm. 
So I always used to love to run the bases. So I always used to tell guys, I go, look, if I'm on second base, you get a hit, I'm going to score for you. Mm-hmm. Like that. And they go, what? I go, I don't want third base. Third base is already mine. If you get a hit, third base is mine. I want something that's not mine. So if I'm at first, unless you hit the ball to left field, I'm trying to go to third. Mm-hmm. You got to throw me out. I said, when you keep pressure on the outfield like that, they have to make a perfect throw. I go, so we play, we used to play Sabu. Give you a good example. We used to play Sabu. And uh, the right fielder. Ken, Ken, Ken. Hirano. Yes, that's what it was. Hirano. He had an arm. Yeah, we, uh, yes, he did have a great arm. And I'd be at first, and somebody would get a, a Masanaga, mm-hmm. would, 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 get a base hit to right field, a ground ball through the hole to right field. And I would, and I'd be running the second, and I'd sort of slow up like I'm going to stop at second, and then I'd just kick it and get, take off and go to third. And I did that a couple of times on him. (laughs) (laughs) And the third time that I did that, later on, I did that and took off, and he gunned me out at third, and he looked at me, and pointed, you know, and pointed at his head like, yeah, you ain't going to do that to me all the time. (laughs) And so then I just got to tip my hat to him because I did that to him a couple of times. It just, you know, you sort of slow up like you're going to stop at second and he relaxed. Right. And times he relaxed and like he going to lob in, I take off. Mm. And I did that to him a couple of times. But that third time, he gunned me down. It wasn't even close. <laughs> oh, my. You know, it got to a point as I got established and stuff, I would, uh, that year, when I was playing, and we were winning, the pen, we were winning everything, and mm-hmm. I won, and I was winning everything, and I started getting kind of tired. And I could feel myself getting kind of tired from all that concentrating and hitting everything. Sure. And I told uh, Sumitomo was our batting coach. Uh-huh. I go, Sumi, uh, today, no batting. He go, what? Go, no batting. Only guy, no batting. Please, no batting. Like they go, no, 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 you need to. I go, only guy, don't bow. And I'm like, please, no batting, no batting. Like that, he go, uh, Puma, come on high. No batting, Suma. I'm tired. Like that. I go, no batting. Like that. And he looked at me. He go, 10 swings. I go, no, no batting. <laughs> he go, Puma, 10 swings. I go, no batting. Like that. And he kept on. He looked at me, looked at me, looked at me. And you know how they get that. They start. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, they got please, no batting. He like, ah, okay, okay, no batting. And I told, uh, I told, wait a son, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go out and stretch and run a couple of sprints, and then I'm gonna come back get my massage and sort of relax. Mm-hmm. He like, okay, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> so I went out and did that, and I'm coming back and super to my home. Told no batting, out, no batting. <laughs> so we were playing the Hawks, <laughs> and that that night at the game, I hit two home runs. Right. <laughs> so the next day, he looked at me, 
consumer tone, we come out from practice, look at me and go, Boom up, bad tinger? No, no batting. He go, okay. <laughs> so, so that night, I hit a home run and got three hits. So the next day in practice, I walk out and he, he look at me and go, boom, no batting. Like, <laughs> I go, okay. So this goes on for about four or five days. Right. So now I'm ready to hit because my timing getting a little off. I done, I done got, I'm okay now. I got my little red. So I walk up and someone go, boom, no batting. I go, no, 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 Suma, Suma. <laughs> I need hitting. I need batting. He go, no, no batting. I go, no, no. <laughs> now I got a bag in the take BP. He go, no, I need batting. He go, 10 swings. I go, no, Suma. He go, no, 10 swings. <laughs> so I take 10 swings. So when they don't, now I got a bag in to hit. You assume no, I need batting now. Okay. I am I'm, I'm rested. I need batting now. He go, really? I got need batting. Please let me hit. <laughs> <laughs> so but from then on, if I walked up to him and go, Sum, I don't want no batting today, he go, All right. And, you know. After that from from then on, I just walk up to him when I ain't feel like hitting, I go, No batting today. He's like, okay. And, <laughs> but you know how they practice. Sure. So for him to give in and say no bad, you know how tough that was for him. And then after he saw that, when I said no, that the result of that me not hitting, mm. then he then after that, any other game, any other year, when I looked at him and go no batting, he go okay, <laughs> and ain't think nothing about it. <laughs> Oh, man. You know, uh, you told me that story once before when we were in Nashville about six years ago or seven years ago. And I always remember <laughs> I was going to just, I was going to say, tell me the story again. <laughs> and you did. <laughs> so you, you were reading my mind. I feel sorry for that. <laughs> That's a, that's, a, that's a scary place, and I'm gonna I'm gonna cut, let you let you have the rest of your evening off, and I, I just want to say uh, what what a what a pleasure and treasure it's been. It's always fun to talk to you, man. It really is. Uh, you know, I like I say, I I love talking baseball. I love it, especially uh, Japanese baseball. I had the greatest time over there. I made the best friends. Uh, I love that country. Mm. It's a great country. Great people. Okay, man. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks <laughs> so much. What a pleasure. Uh, I mean, I just one of the guys who I never tire of listening to. I hope our listeners don't get tired of listening to him because I would like to have him on annually. He's so much fun. Such a good storyteller, but before I make my comment, I I just had to laugh at the way that you said when you called it mobile Alabama, like it was a mobile something, and and I'd never oh, actually yeah. heard it pronounced that way. And you hear in the interview, Boomer calls it Mobile Alabama. And that's all Must I've be. ever heard. Must and be. so yeah, well I don't know because in the South and my parents, you know, they're from Louisiana. My cousins are from New Orleans. They can do things to a language that I've only seen happen in the butcher shop. Hashtag hi. So, uh, <laughs> I don't. I hope there's no blood on the floor. I, I think there's blood everywhere. But so I don't know. But I had never heard it the way you pronounced it. And 
that's the first thing that hit my ears. And then as the interview went on, you heard Boomer say mobile. And I'm like, that's what I've heard. That's what I know. That's, that's that it. Is, that is, according to, to Google, the correct answer is mobile. Okay. Well, mobile. I don't know if there's an accent in there. All I know is that I've never heard mobile. So that was interesting. But mobile, you know, yeah, that's for Californian who has no no idea of of parts of the United States. Well, I, I thought where, about I that. I know but where they are. <laughs> I know. I thought about that, but I I'm the guy who made the comment about hearing people's accents and knowing where they're from and all that stuff. So I'm <laughs> not even going down that street anymore, Mr. Okay. Canada. <laughs> no way. You stay away from me, Mr. Canada. <laughs> um, I love the Fred Flintstone bat reference. I, I love the no batting story. That was really funny. But I, I just, you know, I always like hearing Boomer stories and hopefully I'll get a chance to interview him again one time. It's just so much fun. That was just that no batting story is just it's just great, you know, um, for him to get a coach to say, hey, you know, you don't have to hit, man, because I know you and I both know uh, we've seen the guys, the players, because we you've been there for decades before COVID. We used to go out and watch the guys take batting practice, take some fielding, do their stretches before all this other stuff starts and hit. And, you know, if guys play different positions, they're out taking ground balls, taking fly balls, whatever. They just work, 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 work. And if you cover a series, you know, you get tired just watching the guys do it. So you can understand or you and I firsthand know what they're going through. And for him to get a coach to say, hey, you don't have to bat is a huge deal. But I, I like the fact that Greg said, I don't get autographs because I, I lost my appetite for autographs by getting one. And the story is I, my dad took me to see... Wilt Chamberlain in the 70s. And Wilt used to play volleyball when he wasn't playing basketball. And okay. so my dad found out where he was going to play and took me to go and see Wilt play volleyball. And after the game, of course, volleyball in the 70s wasn't very popular. Hmm. So you could get down close to the, the arena floor. And we did. And, and my dad said, get a piece of paper so you can get his autograph. And I got Wilt Chamberlain's autograph. And I don't know. I, I lost it somewhere. I mean, it was just a piece of paper. I mean, mm. <laughs> what is this thing? I thought, you know, when he made me, my dad made me get it. And then from that point on, because I lost the thing, I'm like, well, what's the point of getting an autograph? What you need to do is shake hands with a person, talk mm. to them, find out as much as you can from them, and then move along. What is the point of getting something signed by them? And so that story, and, and it wasn't that I ever thought that I was going to be famous because that surely wasn't my thing. It wasn't what I was thinking, but certainly uh, I didn't see the point of getting something signed by a famous person. So I don't collect autographs either, although especially in this position, I've met I met some great sports performers. Uh, I don't want to go down the list, but some of the greatest of all time in, in, in definitely in basketball and some in tennis. And I'm you never ever considered getting anybody's autograph. I, I don't really understand that whole thing. So I, I'm, I'm with you, Boomer. Uh, <laughs> what's the point? So I thought that was that was the thing that really stuck out for me. What about you? Well, I'll go that way. I've got actually it occurred to me that I've got I've had three autographs. I mean, other than people signing books, and which I've got a few of those. Well, uh, o, o is one of them, right? Because you said O is one of them because I keep it. Um, o signed a ball for Terry O. 
um, a couple of years that, ago. That's your wife? Yeah. For yep. people who don't know. <laughs> signed one for the X as well and signed one for my brother as well. So he signed three baseballs for me. I don't have one. Um, but I did I did get a I did get two baseball autographs in my life when my was about I was about eight or nine. My mother took me to a lunch, a luncheon that her boss was a member of the San Francisco Giants Boosters Club. And they had mm-hmm. a, they had a meeting which was, you know, players in the off season players told stories and one of the guests was Lou Boudreau, who I had no idea he was the the former shortstop and player manager of the Cleveland Indians in the fifties. Mm-hmm. And so I got his autograph. I didn't on a, on the back of the, like the little postcard they gave us and Hal Lanier, who was a, a shortstop for the giants, his and uh, in infield for the giants. And I got his autograph and that was it. And I know, I don't know what happened to him, but, <laughs> but that was that I, you know, I never was not a big, I've actually given my autograph twice. So I'm almost, I'm almost, uh, I might have even given it more because some people, I kept telling people I'm a reporter, but at Nichibei Yaku, these people were sticking baseballs and things. I said, I'm a reporter. And they said, sign it anyway. I think they were embarrassed that if I didn't sign it, they'd look bad. Right. <laughs> so I've I had signed, that. <laughs> I signed their baseballs and I signed one in 1979 when I think some fans mistook me for current fighter scout, Alan Hargesheimer, who he and I were about the same age. Okay. And uh at in the in the hotel in Los Angeles where I was there to watch the Giants play. So that was it. But uh yeah, so I I, I of course as I said, I I'd heard the the batting practice story and I'd heard bits, but I was taken back by the by the clinics, by the baseball clinics. Sure, yeah. And it's hard for me to picture quite because although Boomer and I are about the same age, we're you know, we grew up in such different circumstances. I mean, I went to baseball clinics when I was a kid, but my, nobody in my family played baseball. I didn't have a dad who was an ex-Marine, didn't have a dad at all around. And I went to, I did remember one clinic I went to. The one I remember was uh, the lead instructor. There were a couple of giants, but the one I remember was Bobby Bonds. Mm-hmm. And I remember it because uh, there was a skinny, skinny kid with him who was uh, catching balls with him and catching fly balls and things and demonstrating. And that was Barry Bonds. He was about six years, six or seven years younger than I was. And so that was, but I, I, uh, Bobby Bonds, his father was like my favorite player. So that was like, that was absolutely the coolest. So I can kind of, I can kind of picture that a little bit, but I, I can't picture that sort of hall of fame. Satchel. I mean, yeah. when he was when he was rattling off the names, he kept saying, "Who else? Who else?" Satchel Page, Willie McCovey. Yeah, I'm like, isn't that enough? Is. Yeah, I, I mean, know. At some point, the sun is too bright. You know what I'm talking about here? Yeah. <laughs> you got too many stars out here. Something's going to explode. But yeah, man, yeah, I, was, names he was I was. Out. My jaw was dropping when he was talking. So yeah, we've got more. We've actually got some more from that story when Boomer talks about his uh, things he did to get ready in the season and and how he prepared to be a baseball hitter, which are a little unique. And so we'll save that for another day. Mm, yeah. Good stuff. Well, appreciate it. Certainly, you know, my dad was my hero too, so I can definitely mm-hmm. identify with that. I never really had to look at sports figures and think uh, that's a role model or anything. And so it sounds mm-hmm. like he used the same 
except that his dad was a lot more athletic than my dad. My dad, <laughs> my dad, my dad was the kind of guy they say, "How much you bench?" And my dad would say, "I don't know, the whole game." Hashtag high heat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I didn't really have a, a sports figure in the house. I, I all my athletic talent was uh, self-made. <laughs> wow. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff from Boomer. So appreciate it. And we look forward. You're going to chop that that other portion of the interview up and we'll play it another time. Mm. Uh, Let's make a seamless transition. And I don't know what to call this segment because we've been having the West Wing when we've been talking about pitches. And I don't know that the gym wing sounds all that better. Sounds like something you eat. It does indeed. <laughs> and so let's get some sauce for these Jimmy I, I, wings over yeah, here. Yeah, this one might need some sauce. I, I think it's probably <laughs> it might be a, it it might be a little uh, flat. But I just want I don't want to go too long on this. But I one of the things that uh, Michael and I were talking about started the the West Wing was well actually John started it, but I had been thinking along the same lines about what happens when people swing at the first pitch or take the first pitch and. You know, sure. The ball in play, and we I've can share the it. credit. Yep. Well, anyway, so I was thinking about it, and I just, just finally got my data collection to the point where I could, I had pitch by pitch data this year. Mm-hmm. So I could actually examine this and worked out most of the kinks this past week, and I, I wanted to share a little bit of it, which is, first of all, what happens when you know because you hear. If you look at the data, you'll see that the batting average on first pitches in play right. in Japan this year is like 308. And I think the, the league averages in Japan are, this year are like 250 or something. So a lot hmm. of you are, are going to think, well, geez, well, you always go after the first pitch, which is, which is right, but which is a good idea if it's a good one. Sure. But the problem is that that 308 comes with zero cost for missing for swinging that, and missing or fouling it off because those contribute to outs but they're not part of the equation so that's how you get a, a 308 average that looks so nice and rosy because there's no strikeouts okay okay gotcha. so, there, uh, it, so it's, it's every ball in play is what you're saying yeah that's right so uh i'm looking at another one i i don't have the numbers quite ready yet but i will tell you that for players who let me find get the right number up here and let me tell you guys today jim was telling me what numbers he was going to have and what he was going to talk about and i'm at the office my head buried deep in work and jim sending me texts over iphone with a long list of players and some numbers and I'm like, does this guy think I really have time to look at this stuff right now? <laughs> and he's sending me the numbers. And then I get home finally and I do the you know the Pacific League YouTube English stuff. Please watch on YouTube, please. Look it up. It's called Pacific League English YouTube channel. And I'm looking at the stuff that Jim sent finally at 9 o'clock tonight or 9.30, or 9.45, who knows? I don't know what time it was, because it has been that kind of busy day. And not only does he send me a list of names and numbers, apparently he messed it up and sent a retraction, too. So (laughs) after I get through looking at the numbers and fixing those in my head and scroll down, it says, oh, check that, 
these are the real numbers. So now I'm totally lost. Well, so yeah, were, did you find your number that you were looking for now? Now that I told they were similar. Story. They were similar, but there was a <laughs> for some reason they didn't copy well. They they didn't copy well, and I had some issues with the with the way they were coming out of the database. But uh, anyway, I just tell you the quick and dirty story is that the OPS in at bats when the batter gets ahead of the count 10 is okay. 7710 the OPS okay okay and the OPS when he goes behind in the falls behind in the count 0 and 1 is 529 so, so basic so basically you know you're talking about the difference between somebody like you know you're going between if you go behind, fall behind in the count 01, you're looking at Ginjiro Sumitani. And Yikes. if you're, and if you're, <laughs> you're hitting the count 1 and 0, you're looking at somebody like uh, uh, just maybe, Al, maybe Alfred uh, Despagne. All right, much better. Not at the top. So it's it's but kind much of a better, big yeah. difference. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Clearly. I'll just then then go down the list here, and I, I just wanted to to I'll have the full list on my website on uh, jballallen.com. But I may I th- was thinking, well, let's have first of all, let's look at who takes the first pitches and who doesn't take the first pitches. So I I made a all first pitch take team, and that is a catcher's Takia Kai. Okay. The first baseman's Akira Nakamura, who's number one in take percentage, first pitch take percentage in Japan. Second baseman's Kento Itohara. And his number is 871 or 87%? 87% of the time he takes the first pitch this year, which is very much him. It hasn't helped him a lot, but but that's just you know, the way he is. And a lot of these differences, you know, they're really they're not systemic differences. They're individual differences. The reason some guys take more pitches is because their approach is different. They're looking for certain pitches. Sometimes it's part of their plan to take the pitch. Sometimes it's not part of the plan, whatever. But everybody's a little different. Everybody has that, you know, tries to exploit their own individual uh, skills. Uh, the second baseman in our team is Kento Itohara of the Hunching Tigers. Okay. The, the third baseman in this um Considering his difficulties with a former manager, probably explains a few things. It's Toshiro Miyazaki of the DNA Bay Stars, uh, playing for a manager who said hit the first strike, and he was taking he's taking seventy seven percent of his first pitches. Okay. The shortstop's Hiroto Kobukata of the Rock Ten Eagles, which fits in a lot of the Eagles are big takers. Okay, and the last the last guys on there are Haruki. The outfield is Haruki Nishikawa. Yohei Oshima and Yukioko Bayashi of the Dragons. Okay. The last two of the Dragons. Uh, I don't need to go through the whole thing one at a time. Okay. Yeah, I'll put the other guys. I'll put the all pitch. I'll just mention that uh, the all pitch first swing team is led by Yuki and Nagita. Okay. Of the Hawks, yeah. Well, um, yeah, he's not letting any good yummy pitches go by. He's eating them no. all. No, he's he's a guy. He's got a thing down because he he swings a lot, and when he doesn't swing, he makes hay, and when he does swing, he makes hay. So he's 
he's pretty much got that whole thing. You know, his, his approach is really effective. One thing I found in the study is that there's all, you know, there's a hundred different ways to, to skin a cat or beat a dead horse uh, to get it done. <laughs> uh, teams vary. The swallows are kind of a team that does, has a certain plan. You can see how they're trying to do it. The giants are a team that swings at a lot of first pitches, but does well when they take, you know, it's, it's, it's really weird. It's, there's no, there's no real obvious clear answer, which kind of surprised me, but uh, yeah, that's, so those are the numbers I was uh, talking about. So Ginjiro Sumitani, um, somebody take the bat out of his hands or something. <laughs> uh, he, he's uh he's not going to swing at the first pitch basically right you don't need to go up there with no, a bat for that first pitch no he no no he he does and he shouldn't be <laughs> <laughs> and then for brian o'grady i guess it was the guy who at 56.6 yeah, percent sure yeah that's that's a little high but it's not really extremely high uh he's he's probably the closest player on the all first pitch swing team uh he's pretty much close to average it's but it seems to be that third base is kind of a position with a with a, a lot of takers a lot of takers but he's a first pitch swinger he's relatively yeah, yeah. relatively all right interesting stuff that's something to keep an eye on i guess when you're watching some of the games and you know some guys are like like you said itohara and some of the players are more inclined to take a pitch and then uh, Yanagita more entire, more inclined to swing at a pitch. It gives you some insight into what maybe the pitchers and how the pitchers are coming at them. With, if yeah. they're going to start the the series off or the sequence off with a strike or a ball, but that's fun. That's that's good stuff. Appreciate it. Let's make a two seam transition and we're going to look at the standings. Uh, I don't know about deep dive, but certainly want to dive into it a little bit. And I guess the thing for me is the Sabu Lions. I am. Mm. Very surprised about how they're winning games. <laughs> I'm shocked. I have to say, wow. when they had a chance to get into first place the other day, I'm, I kept thinking, wait a second, wait a second, where did they even come from? You know, they've been middling a lot of the season. They went through a really bad stretch. In fact, Brian O'Grady tweeted out some of the mean tweets he had gotten because the team wasn't producing and they weren't winning. And, and I'm like, well, you know, this team – other than Hotaka Yamakawa, who is, just has a bad habit of losing baseballs, <laughs> they didn't really have a great power source. They're, they're not that banging team we saw three, four, or five years ago with all the home run hit. I mean, Yamakawa is like this huge chandelier in the Pacific League with all his home runs. And then the rest of the guys are like regular old light fixtures. You know, Brian O'Grady, he does have more than 10 home runs, but... The other guys are like lamps. <laughs> I mean, they don't have big, bright, shining lights uh, lighting up the scoreboard. And yet, they're doing it with not even their starting pitching. I looked at the starting pitching and it wasn't really that impressive. They're doing it with the bullpen. And what alerted me to this is a couple times recently, they've gotten into these bullpen games. They're in their bullpen. The opponent's in their bullpen. And they don't allow any runs like zero and win games late. You know, they get, they get that hit, they get that stolen base, they get that extra base hit 
they draw a walk, they put the ball in play, draw, get an error or whatever it is, and then they end up scoring the run. But they're not giving up runs, and their bullpen ERA is uh, 156 as far as I can see here. And that leads Japan. And I'm mm-hmm. just shocked. I'm just utterly shocked. I didn't see this coming. I don't think they really saw it coming. And it was it's it has been a work in progress. It wasn't like that at the beginning of the season. In fact, they've, they've had to endure injuries uh, in the bullpen. And the closer's out right now. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think Kaimataida actually functions better as the closer. He looks better. I think he, he had this Mr. Zero situation going last year and and looked really strong but yeah i don't think he has to worry about giving up runs or anything but you know he gets into the ninth inning and if he gives up a run as the closer and they're up by a couple runs it's no big deal Mm. and he just looks better as the closer to me and i don't know but i'm just shocked all the guys they're bringing in guys we're not familiar with where uh, yeah (laughs) guys come on the mound and i'm like okay i have to go i have to go and look them up And yet they they've been shutting teams down. I'm actually I'm absolutely shocked. What's your take on the Lions being? I mean, they're virtually in a in a first place tie here with SoftBank. I mean, so they've got 45 wins. The SoftBank SoftBank Hawks have 44, so they actually have more wins. Uh, what's your take on on the Lions or just on the Pacific League in general? Well, the Lions, uh, you know, they lost their closer is one of the is one of the guys who's out with COVID. Mm-hmm. That's Ishimasuda. Um, they lost uh, Sosuke Genda this week. I mean, they're they're they did they lost uh, Tomio Mori for uh, about a month and a half when he had an when he had a kind of self inflicted wound. Right, and Genda just came back from an injury himself, and now he's out with COVID. Right. Yep. So they're losing a lot of a lot of little pieces, but Genda's Genda's a fairly large piece, and. One thing you're right about the bullpen. Okay, I, I do track teams uh, with you know how they do with late inning leads, uh, how how they do with late in, in late innings when they're trailing, uh-huh. and the Lions are when the Lions have a lead after the seventh inning of one to three runs save situation, they are twenty nine and zero. Ooh, I wouldn't have guessed that high. But I yes, which is twenty nine and zero. Well, that was twenty nine and zero through. They're now thirty and zero because of uh, Sunday's game. So, Correct. Uh, the Rock Ten Eagles were second best at nineteen and zero. So, and when they're tied after seven, the Lions are third best in. Well, they're tied for second best in Japan. Uh, actually. Uh, close to tide it's uh very close with the dna base stars so that's uh, they're really good in the late innings not only do they score runs and prevent runs but they're good in the late innings which is usually a, a big thing if you're gonna um, be an effective team you think <laughs> yeah you think? i know well i mean well i mean that was the thing last year with softbank is and the thing with hanshin was you know they didn't they weren't like the best run scores and, and runs allowers, but they were run preventers, but they were really good in late innings. And this year, uh, this year the Lions are. Swallows are also very good, not not great at closing it out, but the Swallows are the only team that, that have a winning percentage, uh, a better than 500 winning percentage when they're trailing after seven, seven innings. 
Right. And so, and I'm not just cool. saying that, you know, it's it's Taira and Masuda because nope. those guys are obviously doing really well or fairly well. Maybe Taira a little bit better, but it's the guys they use in the sixth inning. When, and they're just there's there's a stable of guys. I can't even point mm. to one guy in particular, um, but there just is a stable of guys who just come in. And and it's not like they shut the opponents down either. They give up their share of hits. They'll walk a guy here. They'll give up base runners. But they just seem to be shutting teams down, and and it, you know I would, we'll talk about the Giants in a little while, but I, I just they're they're not a bunch of young unproven guys. There's some, there are some mm-hmm. guys who are unproven, and some guys who are young, but they're guys who have been in the system for a while and just really haven't found a role or haven't been able to stick to any particular role, and then they're getting these innings in the middle of middle of games, and they're doing well. So I. It is the bullpen because, like I said, it's not like the, the, the Lions are not bad offensively. I didn't mean to mm. – I hope I didn't give that impression because they're, they're still good. They score a lot of runs. They certainly score enough, especially with Yamakawa there. But it's it's the defense. It's the pitching. It's, you know, making smart plays. Uh, they even had some base running issues this weekend with the series in Hokkaido. They still avoided being swept today by winning and stopping the the fighters seven game winning streak so but they're just winning so i I, it's hard to do in the middle of the season which is take a team or look at a team differently because you've been looking at them for one way during the first half of the season but i'm certainly going to take a different view of them as we because we've already passed the halfway mark games wise so as we you know head down the second uh, half stretch and look at this team. I just have to. Uh, I have to do what dogs do. How they twist their heads and start looking at things a little bit differently. I'm gonna have to take a different look at the Lions and and change my expectations. Of course, I think I had them finishing in last place in the Pacific League. So uh, the one thing to remember is a lot of these teams. Uh, four of the five teams have just above 40 wins, but the Lions have 45. You know, Oryx has 42, and they're in fifth place. Lotte has 41, the, the Eagles have 41, and, and SoftBank has 43. And they're basically holding on the first place by fingernail. But, I mean, it's only percentage you know, percentage points. Uh, so I, I think this is going to be really, really fun to watch down the stretch and see if these guys can, can keep it up, uh, especially know, the bullpen. Especially the, the bullpen. The thing with the Lions, first of all, I think uh, two things – that look good for them in the second half. One of them is Jansen Witte. Okay, so he's uh, well, who got that? No, don't say it. Don't do it. Don't make that. Don't make that bad joke. No, What's no, that? No. I said whoever decided on that pronunciation maybe had a sense of humor. I don't know. But, <laughs> but the, you know, he's he looks like he's making good adjustments at the plate so far and he hasn't had a lot of time to do that and another one uh, so there's that and uh dietrich ends the first year import has had some pretty good starts mm-hmm. I, I like that going forward and the other one is birch smith yes birch smith has been sort of a mystery because every it seems like every game he pitches he gets hurt but he always seems to pitch really well and then get hurt. <laughs> I'm wondering. <laughs> I'm saying, what happens if this guy comes and and he's not hurt? You know, if he doesn't have discomfort in his 
shin or you know in his ankle or in his his, his pitching hand or something. I really like that. I also like I, I've always liked Brian O'Grady's approach and his attitude. And I think if if he if he I wouldn't be surprised to see him improve quite a lot in the second half. Mm-hmm. Man crush alert. Yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for him every time he's in the batter's box because, he, he, I mean, again, we haven't we have never met in person and he has just been so much of a great person, great human being. So he's easy to root for. So, yeah, you, yeah. you want to see him do well. And but, I, yeah, all the imports are really producing for them. I don't think we saw that coming because we couldn't. You know, they're all first year guys. So it's not like. We got but, any you know, kind in of a sample way, size here in Japan. Yeah, they remind me a little of the swallows because there's all these guys you're not all that familiar with who are just like coming up, and, and I'm going, how do you pronounce this guy's name? And here he is. Right. Okay, there's a bunch of them, and I'm thinking, wow, and it's it's in the bullpen and it's up and down the roster, and yeah, I like yeah. that. I mean, of course, I have the same problem with the Nippon Ham Fighters. I'm going, who is this guy and who is that guy? Yeah, and they keep playing a lot of guys, and uh, they give a lot of people opportunity to say, who is that guy? So, yeah, you're right. And the Eagles, I mean, you talked about the Eagles a second ago. They, they're they really good, and I, I know they had their share of time in first place. They just seem to be inconsistent on the offensive end for me, and that's mm-hmm. it. I mean, uh, Masahiro Tanaka won on Saturday. It was his first win since early in June. I'm sorry, early, early in May. May. Yeah, early in May, he had lost six in a row. That was a career worst as far as decisions. He just wasn't able to win. Well, a couple of those games, you know, they just didn't score. And that's their problem. They just, you know, they'll score a bunch of runs. One day they'll look normal, and then the next day they can't score at all. And they have their ups and downs. And I think it's, like you said, that they're, you know, most of their top batters who are producers are left-handed hitters, and there's a left-hander out there. They just kind of get shut down. They can't put, they can't string hits together as easily as they can against some other teams. So they're productive one day and not productive the next. The other thing the Eagles do is they're a, they're, they're a team that has a, has a profile as, as I'm looking through, you know, teams that take a lot of first pitches and, and despite Gindra Sumitani, the Eagles are a team that's really good at getting on base. They fill the bases with runners, but they seem to be a team that's very dependent on pitchers, you know, pitchers not having control. You know, so if a pitcher has control, it seems like it has good command. Um, They can give them, really give them fits because they're sitting there and waiting to get ahead in counts. And I think they get into a lot of games where they don't. And when they get ahead in counts, they just, you know, they'll put 10 runs on you before you know it. But when it's a uh, somebody who's making their pitches consistently, I think that that really shuts them down. See, well, of I course, see. that shuts most people down. But I think the Eagles are probably more vulnerable to that uh, compared to what they normally are. They, I, they're All such right. a, a one. I, I don't want to say two dimensional in the sense that it's bad, but they're kind of a, a lopsided team in that respect. They don't have the, the balance that most teams have of the, the big swingers and the, you know, and the, the extremely selective guys. Okay. All right. Uh, in the central league, it looks like you know, the Yakult Swallows kind of put things in, in cruise control. They kind of eased off the gas pedal and that's fine. I, I, do, I really don't see another team running them down. 
they just have a, a, a such a cozy lead, and they they can turn it on. Especially Munetaka Murakami, who just sheesh. I, I don't know. If I'm a pitcher, I just I don't even want to throw the ball near his bat. I mean, <laughs> I just don't. Uh, he he looks like he can get the 60 home runs. I, I'm I'm hoping it's him. I, I love the swing anyway, and and I'm I was thinking this maybe we'll talk about it next week. But when's a realistic time frame for him to go to the to the majors? Because if they let's say they win central league the central league again, they go to the, the Japan series again, and they win that. I think people are going to say, well, look, he's, he has really nothing to prove. He might have something to learn here, but he, he, he still has nothing left to prove. But I think we got to – we'll talk about that at a, a later date. The Tigers, I think, who are as far down as 16 games under 500 have found their footing, and, and they're making mm-hmm. a, a push. The Carp beat up the Giants in this weekend series, hitting a grand slam in each of the three games, and they swept that series. They are looking good at the moment. The Bay Stars, they've won a lot of games, I believe, this month. They're looking fairly good, and they're starting to perform, especially with the bats, but especially, again, and here's another team that, that the bullpen is helping. Uh, what mm. are you seeing in the Central League as you've been going through the first half of this season? Well, uh, obviously, if you take the Swallows and you take 14 regulars from the first team all and their top three catchers, uh, they're not the team. <laughs> not the team that that built that twelve and a half game lead. And you bring in Seiji Uchikawa to you know. I thought it, at least if he hadn't retired, he'd been forced off the baseball field, and he comes in and gets a hit and helps Plays them. left field. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, but you know they're they're gonna get healthy eventually. And yeah, it's just Domingo, COVID. Yeah. Domingo Santana returned today. And Today so meeting Monday because we've got games on Monday. If you guys listen to the okay. show on Monday, yeah. me, he returned Sunday. Well, okay, okay. So uh, they're, I mean, they're without two of their top relievers. <laughs> they're without one of their regular starters. Uh, they're they're uh, they're without uh, their manager. Their, without their manager, without their number one center fielder, as I said, without their top three catchers. So it's a tough, it's a tough slog for them, especially I think the catchers, um, because those are really good players. So it's tough, but they've got the big lead and they are a team that, that seems to be pretty calm and collected and poised. Uh, that was sort of their attitude for the last couple of years, even when they they didn't play like, uh, like winners a couple of years ago. Yeah. So and they're also they're confident. Playing. They're also yep. a confident team, yeah. Yep. So, uh, but, you know, they'll get players back, and most of them will be healthy, I suppose, and, and they'll be fine. But that's, uh, you know, it shows how how easy it is to, to be, you know, when you're missing players, how easy it is to be kind of mediocre and bad. You hear uh, that, Dragons? Because they don't even have an excuse. They haven't had COVID hit them like that, so and they're just bad. So, okay. so, if, so I, I imagine that. if I COVID see. hit the dragons, <laughs> that would be even worse. <laughs> Maybe is that possible? <laughs> well, they could. They can't get Taiki Mitsumata to play every position. <laughs> this, this guy is to call him Forrest Gump because every time the dragons are in a late comeback, you know, in a in a, in a late uh, a late game that they win, this guy is always the guy who gets hit by a pitch or draws the bases loaded walk or hits you know drives in the run with a with a ground out or with a sacrifice fly he's he is he's truly their forest gump 
It's like yeah. he's got no sort of like no business being on the baseball field, but boy, this year he's just been kind of magic. Uh, so they need a lot more magic. <laughs> yes. But I, uh, I guess with the thing with the dragons is when, when the big news is the week is that your former shortstop can throw 95 miles an hour. Akira Neo. Akira Neo. Yeah, uh-huh. that's probably probably not a good sign. You want to call him a shortstop? I didn't. I, don't he was, think, I think he, he played more as an outfielder than he did he a did. shortstop. But yeah, but yeah, whatever you want to call him, he's he's whatever. looking better. But yeah, then look, the dragons are a waste of time. Let's not let's not yeah. chase all the listeners off. Oh, okay, that's true. Yeah, but, but I, I mean, like the... it, you're right. It does say a lot about your team. <laughs> kind of, kind of. But, you know, they're scra- They're they're struggling and and clutching at straws. The base stars are getting are playing very well. And uh, Tyler Austin is now on the farm and getting tuned up. So that does not look good for the, you know, that's a, that's not a good look for those other CL teams that are looking to pick up one of the last two playoff spots. Yeah. And the Giants, the Giants is weird. Well, remember I said early on when they had those six pitchers pick up, pick up their first wins in the month, maybe it was May, let's say, I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure it was May. Uh, maybe it was April, but I said, well, that really doesn't bode well to me. I, I just thought, okay, there's a lot of unproven guys, obviously. Let's see what they do in the second half and if mm-hmm. that can hold up. And it is really crumbled, and they're just not getting starting pitchers. And then we've seen Tomoyuki Sugano, the ace, just hasn't been himself, whether he has a particular injury or just a collection of injuries that aren't allowing him to be consistent each time out. Whatever it is, he just doesn't look like himself. And then other guys have been inconsistent as well. You have a, you know, Shosei Togo has been, he, he's had a good outing and then a so-so outing and then a bad one and then a good one and then a bad one and then a so-so. I mean, he's, he's those three, but he he's going in turn and those just lacking consistency all over the place in terms of yeah. starting pitching. And then the, they're trying young pitchers out of the bullpen. They're not working. They're playing young players in the field. They're making mistakes. And this, this whole weekend series was just blunder after blunder after they hit well they hit well enough to stay in the games but they couldn't stop the carp and then grand slam after grand slam after grand slam obviously it was just it was just it was hard to watch even though i wasn't glued to the tv especially today's game i just kind of had it on and i looked up and i said jesus that another home run with the bases loaded i mean what are you guys doing giving away free slams yeah, the Giants are are just too weird. I can't figure them out. I, I look at the you know I read the magazine articles or stuff online about what Hara's doing, and he's annoying a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and people are saying like you know people are will typically compare the Giants to the teams that are consistently winning, and say well the teams that are consistently winning are doing this and the giants aren't. And the teams that are consistently winning are doing that. And the giants aren't, but the giants have, a, I mean, they got a lot of good players, but the whole, th- the whole thing is kind of falling apart. You, you falling apart. It's like, they it's okay to say, yeah, I know yeah. it doesn't sound, it sounds weird, but it's okay to say it. Cause it is. And I think part of it was very, very much something that we could see coming. Uh, there was some foreshadowing and we could see it coming. Mm. Some of it is you know, the Sugano, Sugano part of it is, is sure. kind of weird to watch, but 
with all those young pitchers, I just I was sure that we were not going to have a, a whole season of their young pitchers producing at a high, the kind of clip that would get them in, you know, to first place. But I didn't think it would be they were experiencing this. But you know, everything's going bad at at the same time. I think they write the ship, and uh, Kazuma Okamoto is hitting more than we don't mm. hear any problem. You know, there's nothing wrong with the Giants. They're going to be you know, going to win it all. You know, I, <laughs> I think the one problem- good week. You know what I think the, the real problem is? They play really well when Hayato Sakamoto's there, and they play really badly when he's not. Mm. And I don't know what that says about the team, if anything. If it's just a coincidence, it could be. But when he, they were just rocking, rocking the free world until he got hurt, and then he came back, and they were rocking the free world again, and now he's out again, and they've stopped. It's almost, you hit us with some Neil Young there? Yes. Wow. Look at you. Some old, some old Neil Young. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love it. All right. Yeah, you're right. It, it's true. And that's another problem. But again, they've got a bunch of, and I don't want to say young guys because they're not all young. They're just unproven. Some but of I them are young. Some of them getting a chance for the first time, but they're unproven. It's a big stage and they have to get used to that as well. But I, something tells me, you know, the, as Aaron Kyle once told us if they start to lose too much, they'll just go and purchase the contract of a of a player, and they'll buy their way out of it. So I'm not sure that that's well. That I don't think that's going to happen this, this time. time. Yeah, because, because that implies well, one, that the problem is the foreign players, and it's not. I mean, this is a really good, unusually good year for the Giants imports. Yeah, the, the foreign players are having their. I, I wouldn't say the pitchers are are having a, a huge impact, but they're adequate. But. Mm. Adequate isn't good enough in Giants land. I think, you know, dominant is what they're looking for. And they'll make a move if things are not going well. But I'm just not sure. I'm not sure what the way the major leagues have changed. And maybe some guys who are on the fringe might get a chance in the States. So they're going to stay over there rather than come over here. And then we've got COVID taken off again in Japan. So that's another Mm. thing that could slow down a transition from a player by a player. Good, uh, good from another point well and the the deadline is looming we're only talking about a you know um just a handful of days now so yeah all right let's go to fielding questions all right so last week we got a question from glenn our buddy and he did apologize profusely for leaving the h out of my name when he sent in the email and i only teased him because a i look for any any Thing that I can use as leverage to get guys to send in MP3, gals to <laughs> send evil. MP3s. But he said he would send one, so we're waiting for that, Glenn. So now you're on the clock because everybody knows. And uh, <laughs> I was just teasing. I, I told him I was going to take <laughs> take one of the ends out of his name, and he said, "I'm welcome to do so. I would never do such a thing. It was an honest mistake, I'm sure." But the thing stems from the fact that I'm not a Jonathan, so it, there is an H in my name. Although some Johns are spelled. With the, uh, some Jonathans have the H in their name. No big deal, no harm done. Our question this week comes from Eugene. It was via Twitter, and he said, what is a realistic expectation for Adeline Rodriguez at Hanshin? Uh, will he be a difference maker? Hashtag high heat. And I say, Eugene, that your question is loaded. And the reason that it's, well, I guess there are two reasons, maybe. Um, mainly, we don't know, or at least I won't, I'm not going to say that I know that. But I can see Rodriguez making an impact, but you said difference maker. And I think 
I don't know for what how Jim takes that, but for me, it's more like a difference maker is someone who, let's put it this way, uh, it'll make the team have, he'll help the team create more scoring opportunities. Maybe he helps the team convert more scoring opportunities. Maybe he, in the late game situation, is a guy who other teams respect to the point where they won't they won't throw him anything great to hit. And he keeps the line moving, which leads to something else. I don't know. But I think when difference when fans say difference maker, they're talking about wins and losses. Yeah, and so if so. we're talking about wins and losses, I, I, I can't say he's going to impact the wins and losses. I can only say that I can see him having enough run production or contributing to the run production and make it so that they have more quality scoring chances. Let's put it that way. Um, but under my con- criteria, he has a chance to do that. But I don't think that's what you're talking about. I think you want wins and losses. Would I know this kind of question probably makes Jim's his analytical machine go berserk or something? But uh, what, what did you? Would you? Think well, I don't that? really have enough to say about Adeline, uh Rodriguez one way or the other. To be honest, he didn't really get much of a trial with Oryx, so I, I don't really have a read on what he's capable of. Sure. And. I you know he he plugs into that that first base left field slot and they do they need help there well, I think they do need help and I think the reason they need help is because Jeffrey Marte is having um, you know he's having health fitness issues. And yeah, well, I was listening to the game on the radio today, and mm-hmm. apparently Akihiro Yano, the manager, said they're going to play. Adderling or Rodriguez at first base, and mm-hmm. they're going to put uh, Yusuke Oyama in left. So I don't think left field. Yusuke Oyama? Yes. So uh, Rodriguez is apparently going to play first. That's that's what the radio announcer said okay. that Yano was quoted as saying in a pregame presser. So this is sort of the the Tigers thing. It seems like actually the la- most of the Tigers uh, – imported position players in the last uh, three years have been there to light a fire under Jeffrey Marte. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, it's so funny. I mean, no, this is not the case because Marte has been fine whenever he's been healthy this year, which has been not a lot. And they've given him a lot of chances through these years. They have indeed. But I remember, you know, the, that was the whole reason why they went and got the guy who came and left, Yang- Yangervis Salarte was was essentially to get Marte to, to wake the heck up. And you know, I and I don't you know that was the, that was the whole point of the exercise. We're gonna get somebody who can take your job away. Well you know they both played really well for a couple of days and then Yangervis <laughs> a lot they got a got a you know when people started adjusting to him, they never let him like get used to the game in the minor leagues. So they send him down to the minor leagues and he says, what's up with this minor league stuff? I'm out of here. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that didn't work out really well, but uh, Jeffrey Marte is a fine player, but I think, you know, it's, it's the hunching tigers we're talking about. So they need a, they need a kind of a conspiracy theory, I think to operate properly. <laughs> and so, so there's probably there might well be a conspiracy theory with the acquisition of Adeline Rodriguez. I don't know, but I hope I hope he does well. Uh, we you know we hope all the guys do well because that makes the game better. Yeah, and he had his glove issues with the 
Buffaloes, he had his injury issues with the Buffaloes. So one can get better. I'm not mm-hmm. sure the other one, <laughs> maybe the other one is up for debate, let's say, but well, chance, yeah, he'll have some chances. I, I believe that's one area that you know, we've seen the, the, the Tigers not do well. They, they have not had a constant or consistent contributor from the import side on the offense for a while. Let's put it that way. <laughs> a while is a while is a is a perfectly useful expression for that team. <laughs> All right. Well, we can use your useful expression. So please send them <laughs> in the form of questions to yakyujohn at gmail.com. Hit us up via Twitter at JBW Podcast with the hashtag high heat. Or leave a message on the Facebook page, a comment, criticism, uh, encouragement. <laughs> we, we, we like that, but we like the criticism too. Any way we can help and make things better, mm-hmm. we're open to that. And uh, we would appreciate that. And Glenn, waiting for your MP3, buddy. <laughs> oh, Can't wait. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> no, just a little pressure. I would... Friendly pressure. Exactly. Exactly. All right, guys, we will talk to you next week. Enjoy your baseball. See you at the ballparks. Follow the hosts on Twitter at JBW Podcast and at JBall Allen. Submit your questions with hashtag high heat and listen for an answer in an upcoming episode. <laughs>